Welcome to the Team Member Perspective, where we talk about how to upgrade your thinking so you can write more policies, make those policies worth more, and have a bigger impact on those around you. All right, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Team Member Perspective podcast show. I'm your host, Coulter, and in today's episode, this is a recording of the EverQuote webinar that I was asked to speak on around how I write 200 Life and 100 Health apps consistently every single year as a team member. In this episode, we will dive into the specific things that have moved the needle for me the most and allowed me to have that consistent success. Hope you guys enjoy. Have the right accountability system in place. This is a big one. One of the most important things that allows me to be consistent is I feel like I have the right accountability system in place. So what is the right accountability system? Well, let's think about it. In our positions, we're selling, okay? And I think with selling, there's an element of control that we have, but there's also an element of control that we don't have, okay? Our accountability system needs to be centered and at the front of it needs to be around what we can control. So with life insurance specifically, I see far too often that team members are only holding themselves accountable for results. And this can apply to every other line. And let me tell you the, I think results are important, but let me tell you why I feel like that's detrimental for us. Let's say that, you know, I have the best life insurance conversation with Dennis. I feel like Dennis is fully engaged with me. We understand how much coverage he, I painted the picture. I feel like I've had the best conversation I've ever had in my life. And it's happening with Dennis. Okay. Done really well with that. But let's say it comes down to the end and Dennis tells me no. Okay. If I'm only holding myself accountable for results, in my mind, I was like, that's the best I've ever done. There's no way he's saying no to this. He tells me no. Guess what's going to happen if I'm only holding myself accountable for results? I'm going to get discouraged. Right. Next opportunity that comes around, I pivot. They tell me no. If I'm only holding myself accountable for results, I'm going to get more discouraged. And that's slowly going to build to a point where. I'm going to stop having conversations altogether because I don't know why it's worth my time and energy to just get another no. I might as well focus on what's working. And that's what happened with me early on. When I was writing 10 life apps a year, there was a point where I stopped talking about life insurance altogether because I was getting discouraged and I didn't have the right accountability system in place. So instead of just holding ourselves accountable for an element of control that we just don't have, which really is the decision that the customer tells us if they're going to do it or not. Let's hold ourselves accountable for what we can control and celebrate if we hit that goal. Celebrate with ourselves. Be okay that you did what you could control. And what I use for my accountability system specific to life insurance is life pivots, life conversations. I would assume that here's kind of what I started with. Assume that it takes six life conversations to write one policy. Figure out your yearly goal and work backwards. Get down to a daily conversation goal that you need to have and start there, right? And make sure that that becomes a habit. Because I'll say 90% of team members that reach out and say, Coulter, I want to sell more life insurance. They're thinking it's a matter of training and that they don't have the sales process down. But guys, more often than not, it's an activity problem. We're not bringing it up. We're not bringing it up consistently uh, enough to have you know policies written right? It's a numbers game. It truly is. And so work backwards. Assume it takes six conversations to write one policy and get down to a daily conversation goal. That will become your non-negotiable. 
and make sure that that happens. Track it, log your pivots and hold yourself accountable and tell your agent, tell your other team members, hey, I hit my goal today, right? And if you don't sell a policy, celebrate with yourself. That's how habits will be formed. And once you can do that, you're going to write policies, the numbers say. Lacey, we need more information for long-term and healthcare insurance. The industry is designed for life insurance after you die. Why aren't we offering health insurance and ADD, LTH, and SSN? Lacey, that's a great question. I'm not real well-versed in that. And so I, I apologize. Um, I'm not going to go into that. I'm sorry. You are writing your resume. This is a big deal. So for those of you team members that want to be an agent or see agency in your future, you're writing your resume. What you do today matters, okay? What story do you want to tell the person that's going to hire you for agency? What value do you want to tell them that you created? I think it's important. Think about that. Now, the flip side, if you do not want to be an agent, I think that's okay. But still, you're writing your resume, okay? What story do you want to be able to tell the next person that's going to hire you about the value you created right now, today? You're writing your resume. Let that motivate you. Always be finding. This is a big deal. There are days when we feel like policies are just coming in. We can barely keep up. We still need to make time to find. Keep that pipeline full. Because if you don't, you're going to get to a point where you don't have anything to work. Right? So always be finding. Know your why. Know what motivates you. Not something that's superficial, but get down to the root of what motivates you. Maybe, you know, ask yourself the question, what is it that motivates me? And maybe the answer to that, the quick answer is, oh, money motivates me. Okay. Why does money motivate you? Well, I want to provide for my family. Why do you want to provide for your family? Do that exercise. Ask yourself why, and you're going to hit a spot. You're going to hit a point where you're like, whoa, I didn't even realize that, yeah, money motivates me. But really what motivates me is I want the time and the freedom to do what I want with who I want when I want, right? That's more of a deeper, more of a convicting why than just money, okay? Know your why. Commit to daily activity. We just talked about that. Got to commit. So what's in our control. Um, and that'll help us make sure that we're staying consistent with what we can control. Keep promises to yourself in your personal life and in the agency. If you decide tonight that you're going to the gym at 6 a.m., go to the gym at 6 a.m., if you decide that today you're going to have three life conversations per day with your customers, have three life conversations per day. Follow through. That's how you will build confidence is when you keep promises to yourself. And the last part is remember your impact. I think with our goals and with different promotions that we have, it's easy to get caught up in the rat race. That Sometimes we forget about the impact that we're actually having on our customers' lives, right? So remember your impact. Remember what you do is important. You're helping people. You're protecting their financial futures. So remember that. Take a few steps back and remember what you do is important and the impact that you're having. Adam, let them know most people have life insurance through work, but what happens if you lose your job or retire? They need personal life insurance. I love that, Adam. Spot on, okay? Questions come in, guys. Just throw them in the chat. I think this is great. All right. So now let's talk about the play that I've been talking about, where we can write life and disability to anyone on our book or any one of our prospects that has a loan on a vehicle. Okay. First of all, think through how many loans do we come across every day? There's a lot, right? So you're going to get a lot of at-bats to have this conversation, which means you're going to be able to get really good at it. And I promise if you just do it, do it consistently, you're going to take your production to the next level. You're going to write more life insurance. You're going to write more supplemental health products. No doubt. 
Okay. In my experience, guys, my closing ratio with this process and this play is probably 70%. Not even kidding. Okay. So we're going to, I want to role play it so you guys can see how it sounds in action. And then we're going to break it apart into different steps. Chandler, would you be my customer? That'd be okay. Sure. You may okay. not like it. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. Chandler, do not give me objections right now. I will tell you when to give me objections. Okay. I want to show them how this process works. And then I'll say, Hey, give me an objection. This is typically where I'm getting them. So Chandler, what I want you to do, and guys, this will work for both inbound calls for people that need to add a vehicle with a loan on it or replace it, but also outbound calls for people that have loans that are on our current book. Okay. As well as internet leads and whatever. So Chandler, for this sake, let's just have you call in. I'm your agent or your team member that's going to answer the call. We're going to add or replace a vehicle for you that has a loan on it. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. This is Coulter. Hi, this is Chandler. I needed to add a vehicle onto my policy today I just picked up. Okay. Right on. Chandler, what did you get? I got a 2020 Jeep Wrangler. Beautiful. I love it. Did you, are we adding to what you have or are we replacing one? I need to add it on. Okay, great. Chandler, did you get a loan on this vehicle or did you pay cash? I got a loan. I'm not rolling like that. What's that? I'm not rolling like that. I can't. Oh, I hear you. Soon. One day, right? Um, Who is that loan through, Chandler? Um, Hold on. If I did this real, I should wait about 45 minutes to go ask the salesperson. Um, (laughs) Let's go Capital One. Capital One. Great. And how much is your total loan amount with Capital One that you financed? About 38000 Great. And what does that put your monthly payment at roughly, Chandler? Um, I think it's right around $850. Perfect. And I know you've told me before, Chandler, but remind me what you do for a living. I pick something else out. I sell widgets. Yes, you do. I love it. Cool. Chandler, so where you have a loan on this vehicle, I'm going to quote you our car loan package. I'll explain what that includes, but you can tell me what you think. Okay. So when people have loans on vehicles, there's really three things that I think about as your agent. The first thing I think about is if something happens to your new vehicle, if it's damaged in a fender bender, if you did hit an animal, or even if it's totaled, we want to make sure that there's the right coverage in place for you to either pay to fix it or replace it for you with little to no money out of your pocket. Okay. And so I've quoted $500 deductibles for comprehensive and collision coverages for you here, meaning the most that you would pay if anything happens to it is $500. Does that make sense? Yeah. Great. Second thing I think about is where you've got this $38,000 loan financed with Capital One. We want to make sure that there's the right coverage in place for you to pay that loan off if the unthinkable were to happen to you. If you were to pass away prematurely, if you didn't make it home tonight, want to make sure this coverage pays off this loan. That way, this debt and this financial burden isn't passed on to your family for them to deal with and potentially have to struggle to make those monthly payments. And, you know, just the burden itself while trying to deal with coping, losing you. Okay. And the third thing that I think about is where you're working, you sell your widgets and you now have this $850 monthly payment. We want to make sure that if if something happened to you and you got sick or hurt, and it put you out of work for an extended period of time, that there's coverage in place to make, so you can make these monthly payments. That way you don't have to tap into or potentially exhaust your savings account. You don't have to sell the the vehicle out of necessity. You guys can keep it, and it doesn't negatively affect your credit. 
Okay. So again, I'm going to quote those for you. You can tell me what you think here, Chandler. Um, but looking at that, um, it would bring the total on this new one to about $160 a month. That's quite a bit of money. Okay, Chandler, you aren't supposed to give me an objection. Oh, my bad. No, you're my good. Bad. You're good. Okay, you're that good. sounds good. <laughs> I'll come back and, and I want that objection, okay? But I want to take them through exactly what to do um, after this, okay? So you're like, okay, sounds good. Which guys, I'm telling you, for me, 70% of the time, that's what customers are going to say. And I'll explain why in a minute. But at this point, I'm going to say, okay, great. I need to gather a couple of things from you, Chandler. And as you gather a year, you gather the VIN number, um, but also the information for the life insurance application and the short-term disability um, application as well, right? And so I'd say, all right, Chandler, so the coverage, it's going to pay off your loan if you pass away prematurely. And guys, I'm repeating myself here. The coverage that you pay, that, that will pay off the loan if you pass away prematurely, that's called life insurance. It's a separate policy. Here's how it's going to show up on your bill. I do need a couple of things from you and I need to gather a signature. What I do need to know, Chandler, is if, if something did happen to you, who do you want this money to go to to pay off this car? I'd want my wife. Wife, great. And then I'm just going to go through the application. Okay. Now, Chandler, the coverage, it's going to make your monthly payments or give you money so you can make those payments for you. Um, if you were to get sick or hurt and you were unable to work for an extended period of time, that way you don't have to sell it out of necessity. You don't have to exhaust your savings account. And you can keep it. That's called short-term disability income. Okay. It's a different or it's a separate policy. It's going to be built separately. Um, I need to gather some information for you there. Now, these are built separately, but together you're going to be at about 160 a month. And then you're protected with this loan that you just got. Okay. That That's sounds it. good. That's it. Okay. But now let's go back to when I give you that quote and you give me that objection again, Chandler, and I'll show you guys where we can go. Okay. So looking at this, Chandler, it looks like it bring that total to $160 a month. I wasn't planning on spending 160 bucks a month. I was, you know, I was arguing a dealership over $20. I don't know if yeah. I could do that. Okay. No. And, and Chandler, thank you for bringing that up. Um, you don't have to do all these coverages if you don't want. Okay. Most of my customers do, but you don't have to. Obviously today you called me because you got the car. We need the car insurance. So that's got to stay. Okay. But of these other two coverages that I've talked about, I'm going to repeat myself again. If you pass away prematurely, there's coverage that pays this loan off. That way, this debt's not passed on to your family for them to struggle with those monthly payments. They don't have this financial burden on top of trying to deal with losing you, right? Or the coverage that will make monthly payments and give you money to make those monthly payments. If you were to get sick or hurt and you were out of work for an extended period of time, that way we can keep your savings account intact and you don't have to sell it out of necessity of those two, Chandler. Which one do you feel like makes the most sense for you right now? I would say probably the life insurance because I have some disability through work. Okay, beautiful. So if we do the life insurance, Chandler, it's going to bring the bill um, down to about $140 a month. Okay, I think that sounds a little better. I think I can okay. swing that one. Okay, great. So I need to gather a few things from you. That coverage, it's life insurance, separate policy. Go through that spiel again, right? But now let's say, Chandler, that you give me another objection and you're like, come on, man. Like, I just, I just want the car insurance, right? Here's where I'll go. I'll say, Chandler, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. Let's just do the car insurance. At least you know how we can help you, right? Around these risks, what most people will do. But let's just get the car insurance. And what I'll do, Chandler, is I'm just going to comb through your policies. I'm going to look for any potential discounts you're missing out on, as well as any potential gaps. If I see something, are you okay if I give you a call? Boom. Sure right? We'll just do the car insurance. But then I can go and actually review his account. 
look for discounts. And if I find one, I'm going to call them, right? Just like I had a pre-sold, I just pre-sold the callback. And maybe I found that there is a discount that'll save him 30 bucks a month. So now I can call him and say, hey, hey, here's this discount. Here's how it works. Do you want to do it? And he's like, yeah, great. So the cool thing, I know I talked to you about a coverage that'll make your monthly payments for you. If you get sick or hurt, we can actually get that. And with this discount, your bill's going to still go down by about 10 bucks a month. Talk about an offer that's hard to say no to, right? That's what I mean with that, okay? And so what questions do you guys have? It looks like Alyssa has one. Do you say the total price of the life and the car or the only the price of the new car? Alyssa, I say the light, the, the, their total price, okay? Now, I do that for simplicity, okay? Now, and then we're going to break it apart. We're going to be very transparent because that's important. You need to do that. Um, but making it as simple as possible up front will allow the customer to make that decision. And then we can get into the details, to the weeds, after I've gotten that yes from Chandler that he wants to do it. Larry, what is this all while the customer is, oh, sorry. What type of life insurance, Hunter K select term? Larry, I um, I personally like an instant issue policy if I can, just because it's simple and it doesn't require a lot from the customer. However, whatever policy you guys want to use for this will work. Just have enough coverage to pay off the loan. That's the only thing. Great question. Antonio, is this all while the customer is on the phone? That's a great question. And I think I do it on the phone because I've done it so much. And I'm very confident and I've got it down. But if this is new to you and you're not super comfortable, just maybe say, hey, let me gather the information you need to quote those things and then call them back once you have it so you can have a good conversation. It will work in both, both situations. Love that question. Thank you, Antonio. Alyssa, how do you deal with the objection of already having life through work? That's a great one. With this specific play, I don't run into that objection. And the reason for that is because I'm talking to my customers about what life insurance does for them rather than so much on what it is. I'll get to what it is and that it's life insurance, right? But in my experience, when I would pivot to customers and say, hey, Alyssa, tell me about your life insurance. Alyssa, what life insurance coverage do you have in place? Alyssa, I'm going to quote you a life insurance policy that's going to do this. I realized my customers would start giving me objections. And I could never overcome them, right? Because what I saw happen is a wall comes down between me and the customer. No matter what I'm saying, hey, you know that that policy is not going to follow you if you retire. It's like a company car. You got to return it, right? No matter what I was saying and how good I got at overcoming the objection, I just realized there was this wall and my customer had checked the box off in their mind. I'm good, culture. I've got it through work. Whether that's enough coverage or not, they've checked it off because they've got something. And so I realized that my customers just weren't listening to me. And so I made a tweak to my pivot that I don't feel like I get that objection a whole lot anymore, Alyssa, because I'm preventing it on the, on the front end, right? So instead of, you know, in a day-to-day in a -day pivot, instead of saying, hey, Alyssa, tell me about what life insurance covered you have in place to replace your income if you pass away prematurely, just leave the words life insurance out and say, hey, Alyssa, tell me what coverage you have in place to replace your income if you pass away prematurely. Because I realized my customers have these beliefs that whether or not they're true, they have beliefs about life insurance. And so when they hear it, it's a trigger word. Oh, I've got it through work. Any other objection you can think of? Oh, I don't need that culture. I'm good. Nope, no, thank you. Whatever that is, when they hear the words life insurance, they go and make connect that dot in their mind. And it puts that wall up. And I never could get to a point where my customers listening to me and help them actually understand like, look, Here's your problem you face or the risk 
by not having any coverage. Here's a solution. Like I can help you with this. Here are your benefits. This is why it's important for you. I could never get into that conversation and paint a picture because my customers were stuck from the fact that it's life insurance. I've got it through work. I'm good. Okay. So that's what I do. We will get to what life insurance is and that it's a separate policy, all that jazz later on. But I want to help them see what it can do for them first, because that's when they actually can see that it could be something they should need. Okay. Benefits over features. Thank you, Jessica. Okay. Chandler, any group benefit over 50,000 is taxable. Just a good point. Great. Uh, Matt, are you coming back around to have cash value conversations on these term that you're writing? Increases, change of plans, conversion, et cetera. What does that sound like? Abso-freaking-lutely, Matt. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Now, the cool thing with this play is you're going to protect your customers in an area that will help them. Okay. Now, it's a small policy. Is that enough coverage for them? Probably not. But is it better than nothing? Absolutely. Right. And so you are doing a service. You're helping your customers protect some gap in their financial future, but it also will set you up for conversations around conversions, around increases year two, three, four, five, six, seven, many years down the road. Right. I heard um, something that's really stuck with me that I've I heard from one of my mentors. He he said, and it's Randy Thompson. He, he's a big name in this industry. He's and he learned it from Scott Foster. But he says, if you want to sell life insurance, go talk, or sorry, if you want to sell Bibles, go talk to the Christians, go talk to the believers. If you want to sell life insurance, go talk to the believers, people that have it. So having those increased conversations and those conversions is so much more, it's more simple and it actually is more effective because they already have a policy on the book. So when I call Chandler the next year, I'm like, hey, Chandler, you remember we have this coverage in place that pays off your loan if you pass away. Well, look, I know you have a mortgage on the on your home. Let me just see what it would cost to have us cover the mortgage as well. And by the way, Chandler, how much income do you want your family to have if something did happen per month? Boom, we're into a needs conversation, right? Um, or teaching them about, hey, how long do you want this to last? Let me teach you about an option that you have and we can get you into a long-term program, okay? That has some savings, right? Becomes a life savings for you, Okay. Yes, Matt, I and I, and there's more to that, but it really does set you up, okay? Okay, out of the 200 plus life apps you submit, how many end up issuing on average? So those numbers I gave you are the ones that I issued. I don't know how many I wrote total, but those are issued, I, I apologize. But for the most part, you know, I, I feel like I'm issuing the majority of them. There's maybe 15, 20% that don't, but I'm writing a lot, right? Great question, Jensen. Um, Jessica, not sure if your stay is having rate increase. Do you have any tips to pivot during these combos? We're definitely having rate increases. Um, and this is tough, but I think just timing, Jessica, I think that's the biggest tip that I could give you is timing. Because for me, it wouldn't really make sense to pivot to a customer that's real angry with me. And there, we're just talking about price. And like, why is my price going up? I don't really love pivoting there, but instead I'd pre-sell callback, right? I'd say, hey, Jessica, you know, I'm going to look for any discounts you might be missing out on. If I see anything or potential gaps, I'll give you a call. Okay. That's, that's kind of what I would say. I mean, that's tough, but the multi-line space, it allows us to problem solve a little bit and, and help them um, kind of get a full protection package for themselves around these different areas. But I think timing is very important. Same in Ohio, the entire state and all companies are now taking an increase right now. I think it's normal. It's happening everywhere. So Guys, that's the simple play. And I feel like it works 
because of this reason. Okay. And this is where I'm going to end today. Um, and I'll, uh, let me answer this question from Jensen. If you guys have them, keep bringing them in. This is great. When multi-lining with the life and the auto conversation, how do you get them to complete their questionnaire and vitals if ordered? Great question, Jensen. I like the instant issue policies for that reason. We don't have to do that, right? Now, some of your companies might not offer those, but I like them for that reason. Now, I still write a lot of policies where they do need to do the questionnaire and the physical, right? And so to make sure that those, and, and it's tough, guys, because it's like we're babying um, and we really have to hold their hand throughout the whole process. But a few tips that I've done is while you've got them on the phone, you know, if you can connect them over to do their health interview right then and there, do it, right? Say, hey, we just need 10 minutes to complete this questionnaire, right? But I think it's just being diligent with them, texting them, making sure and just staying on top of, hey, did you call? Here's the number. Just make it easy for them to call and make an appointment or call and do that questionnaire, but just be diligent in helping them do that. Um, Rachel, multi-lining maintains connection with our clients and it makes them see us as valuable. Absolutely. And I think that's the cool thing about our industry is we have the opportunity to write a lot of different lines of insurance, which I think helps us make a good living, right? And what we're doing, but also it becomes something where our customers can almost be a one-stop shop, become stickier, retention becomes more um, when they have those things with us. Okay. So I love that. Great, great feedback guys. Now to end why does this car loan process, and that's just what I've named it, guys, you can name it whatever you want, but why does it work? You know, as you notice throughout that, I am not a pushy salesperson, right? I am just strategic about how I do things. I don't like to feel like I'm selling. Guess what? Our customers don't like to feel like they're being sold either, right? So how can we position ourselves in a way to where we don't feel like a salesperson and our customers don't feel like they're being sold. Well, you noticed at the beginning, I told Chandler in a statement, this is kind of my transition, okay, that sets me up for a presentation. I say, Chandler, where you have a loan on your vehicle, I'm going to quote you our car loan package. I'll tell you what that includes, but you can tell me what you think. Okay, so there's strategy there. Number one, I'm not giving, I'm not asking Chandler if I can quote him because guess what? 50% chance he said, culture, I'm good. I want to be there. I want to get to a sales presentation where I can help them see the problem, solution, and benefits, right? And so I tell them I'm going to do it. But then I immediately remove the sales pressure and say, Chandler, you can tell me what you think here, okay? That's a big deal, okay? And I think that allows you to be make this repeatable because you don't feel like a salesperson. You just feel like you're educating them at this point, okay? I That's kind of my style. And I really focus in on painting a picture for the customer. And I think the way that we can paint a picture the most effective way is by understanding our customers, understanding what they're thinking and what they're feeling in this case when they get a loan on a vehicle, okay? So my wife and I, this this past summer, we went to the car dealership and we've been through way too many cars. I've been at that dealership, had this experience way too many times. Um, I'm not super proud of it, but anyways, it's happened. But this last summer we went, um, you know, growing our family and so we need to get a bigger vehicle. And so we're test driving a few and I'm like, ah, I just... I don't want to have to go through this. I'm not ready to spend more money, yada, yada, yada. Well, anyways, we test drive a few, don't really love them. We finally found one and my wife is sold. She's like, this is the one. She's hard selling me. And I'm like, come on, you know? And so I was like, all right, let me drive it. Get in, start driving it. And I was like, this is great. This is exactly what, what, what we need. You're right, right? So I'm, we're emotionally sold. We're excited about it. Well, now it's time to talk about the numbers, okay? So we go over to the finance person's office, sit down, and here comes the paperwork, right? All right, so here's your loan amount. 
This is what your total loan amount will be with what you're putting down. Okay. Here's your monthly payment. Guys, there's an element of stress that comes with debt. Okay. I remember looking at that loan amount and I was thinking in my mind, I was like, man, and I, I'm, I'm stressed as can be. I'm like, so you're saying we're going to have this loan for this vehicle. Man. And like, we've all been taught that debt can be negative. And I just, I just think there's a, an element of stress that comes with debt. And we look at this monthly payment, like, Whoa, all right, you know, I, if I sell some more policies, I think we can make this work, but it's going to stretch us. So we did it. Okay. But that was the conversation going on in my mind. I was a little bit stressed about this debt, about this monthly payment. And so if I'm stressed, think about your guys' situation. When's the last time you went and got a loan? How did you feel? What were you thinking? Guarantee you probably felt a little bit of that stress too. Okay. Our customers feel that as well. That's what they're thinking. So with this play, I'm like Chandler, you know, I know that's going on in Chandler's mind more than likely something he's probably thought about. So I can enter the conversation happening in his mind, say, look, there's three things I think about and it makes sense for him. Right. And so psychological selling is kind of my style, right? Focusing on painting a picture. So Chandler can truly see here's the risk you face by financing this thing. There's actually three of them, right? Here's a solution. I can help you with these things. You don't have to worry about it. Followed up with benefits. My trigger phrase to start with benefits is, hey, that way, that way, Chandler, your family doesn't have to struggle with this monthly payment. They can keep the car, right? That way you don't have to exhaust your savings account, right? And I use those words strategically because they paint a picture. No one wants their family to struggle and no one wants to exhaust their savings account. So it paints that picture, but then we keep it very simple. Hey, if we do all these things, here's your cost. And I'd be quiet. I'm gonna let Chandler tell me what he thinks. If he has an issue with it, he's gonna tell me right there. Um, but more often than not, he's like, whoa, this is a big deal. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so that's why I feel like it works. And that's what I mean by understanding what your customers think and what they feel. I think we can get an edge and really truly upgrade our conversations when we just think about how they're thinking and what and how they're feeling. Okay. Okay. We've got a couple more questions. Um, it's Mel. What if instant answer doesn't cover fully cover auto loan? Go to the next one that allows you to get enough coverage to pay for it. I think that's important. Okay. Logan. Yeah. I've been getting sticker shock on added vehicles, which makes me empathetic for the customer, which stays away from pivoting. Any suggestions? Logan, you're not alone, man. I think that's, that's a limiting belief and excuse that we tell ourselves and I do it too. Right. But I think, like I said, just commit to having the conversation, right? Teach your customer because I think we assume that they don't want these things, that they want to have a the lowest rate possible. But guess what? If you just push through that limiting belief and that negative self-talk and just have the conversation, you will be very surprised at the fact that people want this stuff, that they're worried about it. And if you can paint that picture, they'll do it. And worst case scenario here, Logan, you can say, hey, it's 160 a month. Like, oh, I don't want to do that. Okay, of these other two, which one makes the most sense? Oh, I'm good. Great. You taught them. You did your, your job, right? Your moral obligation. I'm confident that if you do that enough, knowing that these limiting beliefs are going to creep in, you're going to see that price and you're going to have that sticker shock. Just push through it. Lean into it and still have that conversation, you're going to develop so much confidence, you're going to write policies, and you're going to do your job and protect your customers, or at least let them know how we can protect them. So that's a great one, Logan. Thank you. Tim, before we end, what would be some advice you'd give to a newer team member in a hybrid role, trying to balance the sales side and the service side, especially when trying to pivot to different lines? 
Great question, Tim. I think be intentional with your daily activity. Make sure that that daily activity gets done. And these are the non-negotiables that we talked about. Anything that you feel like will move the lever, make sure, make that priority. Prioritize your day, right? And instead of just showing up and letting the email dictate the day, I think just having a very clear plan of attack of how many conversations you're shooting for and how many new household quotes you want to do. And that's your priority, right? And I like to use what's called the Eisenhower matrix to understand what's important and what's urgent for me to do now and what I, what's important, but not necessarily urgent that I can schedule later, right? So I know we deal, you know, in a hybrid role, we're dealing with service, we're trying to sell, but go look up the Eisenhower matrix and you'll see which quadrants and just kind of brain dump all of the things that you do throughout the day and organize them, right? If your primary role is to sell, the things that are important and urgent are things that will get you closer to selling, right? So life insurance conversations, health insurance conversations, household quotes, outbound calls, those are the things that are important. Underwriting emails and service, are those important? Absolutely. But are they necessarily urgent? Not usually, right? And so I like to get in the first part of my day, look at my emails and just start organizing things like, oh, I've got an underwriting email. I'm going to put that at four o'clock today. But I want to give myself, I want to make time to do these lever moving activities at the beginning of the day because they're important and I've got to stay consistent. So I've got to have intention. I've got to make time. And the cool thing is, is maybe I get my goals done before 11. All of a sudden I can start tackling those service things. I think it's very, very intentional with how you're prioritizing your day and what you choose to work on. Because if that's not there, the email is going to dictate the day, the calls, you're going to get overwhelmed and you just don't have intention. That's my, my biggest piece of advice. Michelle, how many dials do you do? Do you get in a day first year versus now? I think I used to dial a lot more. <clears throat> um, I think that response rate that I've talked about has really helped me actually talk with customers instead of dial, 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 dial. And so that's helped. And so I'd probably say I'm anywhere from, it just depends on the day, but I'm probably, I shoot for 20 a day with my workload and what I'm doing, but that still allows me to consistently write what I'm writing. Um, but other days I might be calling 50, right? It just depends on momentum that I have and what's going on, but I try to shoot for at least 20. Okay. Alyssa, let's say that you send over life quotes for a client. How many times do you reach back out trying not to be annoying? Oh, that's a hard, that's tough, right? That's a great question. So I think there's a couple of things that I'll mention around this. I think we, you know, Alyssa, let's say that you and I have a really good life conversation. Okay. And I help you understand here's the problem. Okay. Here's the risk you face. Like if you pass away prematurely, guess what? Your income's gone. So we decide that you need $5,000 a month for the next 15 years until your youngest is out of the house and potentially financially stable. So we want to replace income for them if anything happens. We have enough coverage to pay off your debts. We have enough coverage to cover a funeral and you want to leave 50 grand behind for each of your three kids. So let's just say that we decide that your, your number is 1.5 million, okay? And there's emotion behind that. That's your number because I hope you see that. With those types of conversations, it's very rare that customers will decide to do it right then and there. They typically want to think about it, go talk to their spouse. That's the that's usually the one that we'll get. And so if that's the case, uh, let them do it, right? Don't push back and try to uh, do what you want, but I don't like to be pushing in that situation. But instead, go create an email 
where you recap your full conversation, where I go through, hey, 1.5 million is what we decided is your number, okay? And the reason that we got to that is because we're going to replace your income for the next 15 years at $5,000 a month, right? That way your family can pay the bills. They can live, right, financially if you're not around. It's going to cover your mortgage. It's going to pay off these loans. Leave 50000 for each kid, right? We're recapping that conversation because, Alyssa, if I talk to you and you want to go talk to your, your spouse, let's say, if I just send you the quotes to your email, how's that conversation going to go with you and your spouse? You're going to say, hey, Colter talked to me about life insurance at $1.5 million. It's $150 a month. You want to do it? Husband's like, oh, honey, I got it through work. I'm good. Versus, hey, honey, here's, here's the, the, what Colter and I talked about today. And he, he can read through that. And I just say, hey, show your, show your spouse this. And then it goes through that conversation. All of a sudden, there's emotion. It's personal to you guys in your situation. That's a lot more compelling than just quotes, right? So you want to recap that conversation. And then within selling life insurance with these bigger death benefits, I always like to quote our standard rate and our very best rate, right? Because it creates curiosity and I want the customer to submit an application, right? And the question I'll get is how do we know what rate we get? And you send them an application, right? So my goal is for them to submit an application because it's, they've said yes, they've committed, then they get done. They're going to do at least something most of the time. So I hope that helps. But I feel like Alyssa, um, another thing with follow-up is let's say we have that conversation today. It's Wednesday. So I will say, um, I think if you communicate when you're going to follow up next, you won't come off annoying and your customer can't really be angry with you if you've told them when you're going to call them next. So here's how I'll do it. Let's say it's Tuesday for the sake of this. I'll say, hey, Alyssa, it's Tuesday. Are you okay if I give you a call on, on Thursday around the same time? Is that enough time? Alyssa's going to say yes or no. And then as long as she knows when I'm going to call her back, it does a couple things. One, she knows she anticipates your call, right? So you're not going to bug her. But two, create some urgency. She's going to talk to her spouse because she knows I'm going to be calling her. So I hope that helps. Jessica, if the client sees the importance of the product, they will find the money. Absolutely, right? Jesse, don't think for the customer. Absolutely. I love this, guys. You guys are on fire. Um, did you say the standard and very best rate? Yes, Rachel, I did. Um, and so just the standard rate, um, whatever that looks like, um, and then just one of our very best rates, just showing them, hey, look, Here's my standard rate at this amount. Here's my very best rate. Um, I wanted to show you that just to show you could qualify for a better rate. The way we know your rate is to submit an application. Hope that helps. Okay. You guys have been awesome. Thank you for the participation. I hope you've taken away a few things that you can apply um, to what you're doing. The biggest thing that I would say is just commit to daily controllable action and put that at the front of your accountability system. Truly, if you can do that, your activity will be there. You'll know you can be very intentional with where you need to focus to get to that next level. So, all righty. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much, Coulter, for your time today. We really appreciate it, um, as well as Coulter's information too. So if you're interested in hearing more from Coulter, he's got his own program and stuff he does as well. We just wanted to bring him on because we really like the information he was giving. But if you guys need anything on any of this stuff, let us know. And if you have topics you're interested in, please reach out to um, Dennis or I and let us know because we're always looking for different innovative topics to bring on. So on that note, I just want to thank everybody and appreciate every quote given a time for us today. And um, I think that's all we got. Dennis, do you want to wrap up or are you good to go? 
Yeah, I just want to thank a great audience today. Like the engagement was awesome. Just want to say I appreciate all you guys taking time out of your day to spend with us. And we, you guys were a great audience today. And Coulter, that was an amazing presentation. I can't wait to to get the recording back. So we'll be sending that out here uh, shortly. Uh, you'll probably see it this afternoon. So just keep an eye on your inbox for it. All right, well, everybody. Thank, thanks again, Coulter. And thanks again, everyone, for joining us. And uh, we'll see everyone on our next webinar. Thanks for listening to the Team Member Perspective Show. Please like, subscribe, and share if you found it valuable. To join our community, go to multilineinsurancepro.com forward slash group. And it would mean the world to me if you leave a review on the show.